0: Welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder and today we're talking with local mom and business owner Sharina Perry. Sharina is the inventor of Utopia Plastics and CEO of distribution and creation companies, Utopia Genetics and Utopia Solutions based here in Oklahoma City. Sharina currently has patents pending for her plant-based alternative solutions for petroleum-based plastics. Welcome, Sharina. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you, Metro family, for inviting me. It's an honor. Thank you.
0: Thank you. So I am so fascinated by your story. I'd love to know the inspiration behind your inventions. From what I've understood, uh, this concept actually didn't just start as a search to find an alternative for single-use drinking straws, although that ended up being the path that you did pursue. Will you tell us a bit about the journey that led you to Utopia Plastics?
1: Well, you're right. Um, It wasn't about a drinking straw. Initially, it was studying plant material as an alternative to or a cure for neurofibromatosis too. My nephew was diagnosed at the age of 19. It had completely changed his quality of life and loss of hearing. And while my sister traveled the country trying to find solutions, there wasn't any. Um, when he was in surgery in Dallas, um, she, in tears, of course, we were all, it was an emotional moment, thought, she said to me, you have to find a solution. And that took me to starting studying plants. And then as I Googled and looked for solutions for tumors, it, I would see it pop up, cannabis was a solution. So I started studying plant material for that purpose and then went on to um, create some formulizations as I studied plants and then developed a Utopia health and wellness line of products.
0: Wow, this is, I mean, this is clearly a mission that is close to your heart. Um, No wonder it's called Utopia. I mean, you are truly trying to find a solution for your family, let alone others and, and better for the environment as well. Um, You actually do have a previous career in satellite and cable industries. Um, Have you always considered yourself a creator? Have you always been interested in STEM fields?
1: Well, I would consider myself a creator because I always felt like I could do whatever I wanted to do. And so I would also, I would say even early on, challenge myself to my own greatness. And so barriers didn't really mean anything to me. I always felt like if somebody else could do it, I could do it too. And um, there had to be solutions. So from a young age, I saw solutions. Did I ever see myself in my early or 20s as owning my own company, going into entrepreneurship? No, I kind of saw myself as always being the person behind the scenes making it happen. So I became known as the person that would have the person with the Midas touch and I would help turn it to gold.
0: And that's clearly what you have done here. I mean, again, going back to that charge from your sister to find a solution for your family, that is heartfelt and you've clearly put all you have into finding solutions and I think that's what the best creators and inventors do they keep their eye on the solution whatever it takes to get there Um, so speaking of those you know solution-based ideas you have an idea you do your research you kind of find a path to what might be a solution and then what? You know, what are the first steps that an entrepreneur should take to get their product off the ground? We have some listeners that might be, uh, you know, considering themselves to be entrepreneurs or at least business owners. Do you have advice for anyone listening that has had an idea but wasn't quite sure how to bring it to fruition?
1: I'll say this first: You have to believe that it's possible. You have to be the first person to show up to put in the work to get it done. You'll never be able to convince somebody to align with you, join with you. If If you're not demonstrating your own belief in the process, how do you attack obstacles? Um, How do you attack um, roadblocks in the journey? Those are all going to be key parts of it. I have a local manufacturer that um, we engaged a little over a year ago, and we were there meeting with him a couple weeks ago, and he told me in their facility they have a nickname for me. They call me Reroute. So I said, what does that mean? And so he's, he get, told me the story of, you know, when you come when you have looking for something or you're you're traveling on a journey, and perhaps you come into a roadblock and you get the reroute signal, he said, that's what you are. You don't let that block or that, um, that stop, that you don't let it stop you. You reroute and keep going. And that's, that's really, um, if I believe that it's possible, I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to keep doing it until I get it done. Keep working at it until I get it done.
0: Yes, that and that is the hardest thing to do, too, to be your own cheerleader, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Because if you don't believe in yourself, clearly, you know, nobody else is going to come on board, too. That is great advice. I love that. You are a trailblazer. March is Women's History Month. You are certainly making history for women inventors everywhere. I imagine the road to where you are right now wasn't easy. Um, we've talked about your previous experience. Um, you're actually not a chemist either. You're, you've been learning all these things on the go. You've been rerouting these patterns for yourself and your family. Um, and unfortunately, women in business only have a very recent history of getting pushed towards success. We have such a long way to go in improving support in this area. Was it a struggle to find a manufacturer and patent attorneys that you could trust as well as partners to champion your product early on?
1: If you would have asked me that question 20 years ago, it was a struggle when I started in the cable and satellite industry. You really had to find the allies that didn't exist in bias and stereotypes to be able to get around it. I found myself having to prove things first. And that happened to be the same in this scenario. And while that's not isolated, because often when you're inventing something or coming up with something, you have to prove that it's possible. But it is a lot easier for people who fit in the traditional stereotypes and molds, And I didn't exist in that space. So I did find myself having to show people what I had. I get asked questions that I challenge them by saying, would you ask that same question to my counterparts or my colleagues in the same space? That provokes thought. And so, but at the same time, there are still again, allies my patent attorney the one who works closely with me is a woman and i'm going to say that when she she's her words were she's so excited about it and she says you put the big boys to shame with this one and i think as a fellow woman that that like we're cheering each other on because she knows what this space and industry is but at the same time um, the manufacturing space is a male-dominated world. And I have, um, I have men in manufacturing and that help, help me develop it that are extremely kind. They answer my questions. They laugh at me. Um, but I never, I do feel like that they're there helping champion it. More so because they believe in the cause and the good that we're doing. And so they're not letting those stereotypes and biases um, hinder them in helping.
0: You strike me as a very strong person, um, which I'm sure you've had to be, you know, like you mentioned in the past 20 years of your career and pursuing this idea and uh, bringing it all the way to where you have right now but it is so important to have those people in your corner just for your own spirits, um, but also for the success that you've clearly come to. um, And that is so inspiring you truly are meeting roadblocks and overcoming them. And I love the question that you're bringing up to these people to to make them reflect on their reactions, their biases um, and some of the ideas that they maybe had about what a inventor an entrepreneur and a business owner looks like. Um, I just love that. Thank you for sharing those pieces of advice and, um, and the people that have been in your corner. You're now supported by the Oklahoma Center for Advancement of Science and Technology, OCAST, I2E, and the Oklahoma Innovation Model, all of which support innovation and technology advancements that help diversify and boost Oklahoma's economy. Why do you believe it's important to raise up the next generation of inventors within our state? And what do you think that next generation of inventors and entrepreneurs will look like?
1: Well, um, I'll break that question down. Um, First, I thank those agencies and those aligned partners through the state as a part of the innovation model. They have opened doors that I probably would have to knock at more often than not to get there. And I appreciate it. When they first came to the manufacturing facility, I asked them to take the baton I had gotten it here and if I was to really continue to run this race, I needed their help. And they've showed up, they've been in the lane with me, they've helped run with me and so I certainly appreciate it. I think as we look at our world and as technology moves, we have to analyze where do we wanna be? And that innovation has always moved the economics development, whether it's social or economic shifts that exist, our young people have a different view of the world. I'm 47 years old, and they have a different view of the world than I had. We have to start looking at more sustainable solutions. And I think those solutions exist in the existing idea of how we see each other, how we see society, how we see our economics, I think it has become come to be built in the fabric of who our young people are. They are technology users. So naturally they're going to see the things in technology and innovation and development that we miss. I think we should be open to their ideas They have a passion that drives them that um, I only admire. And I know that because I see it in my kids and how they view, they have a, I say they have a more open mind. Um, So I'm excited for our next generation of inventors and I'm excited for our next generation of those that are going to lead the way in making our world better.
0: That is bringing me a lot of hope right now too. And uh, you mentioned passion, but you, (laughs) your passion is shining through, even through this interview. I mean, you, without passion, some of these things aren't, aren't going to come through and they're not going to meet the finish line. Passion is what gives us that endurance to reach the next milestone. And, and you're right, the next generation coming up, making them passionate about some of these causes is going to be the key uh, to our future as well. I'd love to speak a little bit. You mentioned your kids um, about your family life. You are a mom to two boys, um, two twin boys and a girl um, who are all interested in this company that you've built. Your daughter's currently working with you. I love that you are a shining example for all girls, um, but especially your own daughter of what what can evolve from our dreams uh, when you add that sweat equity, that passion and that endurance. So what is the legacy you hope to leave for all women? Why is it important for young girls to see women who look like them while pursuing careers in entrepreneurialism or STEM um, or being inventors themselves?
1: I think at the end of the day, we all wanna believe that what we see and we envision is possible. I think representation is important I think it's important for somebody to see that it didn't take a chemist to help solve a world problem. I think it's important to see that the person that looks like them, the same color, the same gender, that that matters. So my daughter is my executive assistant. Of course, my children, they ultimately, that patent is in a trust for them, but the companies, she is being groomed to lead the company. I tell people my children are a greater fulfillment of what is to come because it's in the fabric of who they are. I mean, I, I can talk to my kids about utopia. Like when, in as our team, when we were talking about sustainability and biodegradation and um, also um, composting, my daughter challenged the team to find, to really define it, to not be so broad as, um, as what exists. My kids were also kind of my think tank in the development of all of it. They know me better than anyone else. So they can, they'll ask me the questions. We talk about it. Um, So it's exciting for me when they show up and my, one of my son's talks about going, he has decided he's going to school in Washington state because he wants to go into um, marine biology and he's interested in prosthetics for sea creature life and that that's gonna be made from biomaterial. My other son is interested in going into the field of medicine and making sustainable products So they understand what we have and what we're doing. And I'm eager to see what they develop. But as a mom, I feel like it's not important for me. It's not, I don't wanna transfer what my dream is to my kids because somewhere along the way we can lose we can cause that passion of what's in our children to be lost. So while I see them watching, I let them make their own decision, and I am thankful that that decision is to be aligned with what we're doing with Utopia.
0: Well said. That um, you know, you are talking the talk and walking the walk, not only in business but at home. You're setting those examples, but you're also encouraging we spoke about passions, but critical thinking too. You're raising problem solvers just like you are. And that doesn't mean it has to look the same, but we need more problem solvers in the world. That is beautiful. I have a um, little son. He's, he's just two. We've talked about him often on this podcast, um, but I feel like I, I'm being inspired to uh, start putting those, those talks into practice in my own home Um, because we do we need more problem solvers of all different kinds that is I
1: I jokingly tell people like even today if you ever want to know how to stump me talk to my kids because they are critical thinkers and I don't they're the probably I win less arguments with them than anybody else because they literally they can bring up something I'm thinking well that's pretty reasonable. So I can't challenge that. Okay. You win. And so, um, and they, they do it with such straight faces and we, we keep communication open, um, by remembering still, you know, to parent, to parent and guide. And, um, so that's what I'm hoping. I, and I think as parents, and I've spent my life as an entrepreneur and, um, You know, we just hope to get it right. We just hope to do our best. And um, that's to be intentional about trying. That's the thing that I can say. I'm intentional about trying. I don't always get it right. And by my kids, by raising them to be critical thinkers, I am giving them the space to live the life that they want to live
0: absolutely that that is well said thank you shrina for that that um that is going to take some some mind shift for a lot of us as parents because it's hard to engage our kids in those like you mentioned some of those talks that <laughs> you're not always the expert in and you're hoping they can bring those points forward um but then you're like man They want an argument and I'm supposed to be the one that has got, no, that's, you know, we need to shift that dialogue and and provide that space for them to be able to argue their points, to fail, to succeed, to build those skills and that confidence that makes them the next generation of problem solvers.
1: Right, yep.
0: I love that, thank you. So you have a reputation as a serial entrepreneur, an inventor, I want to know what's next for you. Do you have more products in the funnel, um, or what does the future of Utopia Genetics look like?
1: You know, while I sought out, so creating a health and wellness product and moving this idea of um, single-use plastics, ultimately today we have a resin that can be used, a plant-based resin that can be used in many, petroleum applications, all all petroleum-based, whether it's oil or gas-based applications. So what we enjoy seeing is companies, people with ideas, concepts, manufacturers, using our product in their developments, in their products. So that's one footprint we're making. We're creating a sustainable solution we also didn't come in this to beat up on plastics in any way. What we did, we wanted it to be a solution. The oil and gas industry is important to um, our livelihood. Now we can combine agriculture to that and make a sustainable product. So we I love that. I'll continue utopia as a young girl. I would draw out solutions and I called it my utopia. So I will continue to use what is naturally what God put on this earth, plants, to study and develop as I move into using our material in building materials and more household goods. Um, There are some other discoveries. Now moving into perhaps aerospace and using a bio product. The space is broad. I went into this with a focus on health and wellness. So I will continue to use formalizations to create health and wellness products that um, actually help heal us rather than just mask issues that we have. But we have we're creating um, working with fiber boards, understanding the more the properties of our material. Yesterday, a lab reached out and told me they had good news and bad news. And the good news was our material was doing exactly what we wanted it to do. But the bad news was they could not yet find a scientific explanation as to why. (laughs) So I thought, well, that's a wonderful problem to have. So um, we'll continue to explore and I'm excited um, for we'll continue to explore solutions.
0: Well, and just that ending statement right there, it sounds like there's so many more directions you can take this that maybe aren't terribly apparent on the surface. That is really great. That's exciting. I'm I'm going to be keeping watch on all of the contributions that your country is going, that your company is going to be making to different areas of business. That that's wonderful. Thank you so this past year to say the least was difficult it was especially hard on new and locally owned businesses um i'd love to hear a little bit from you about what is inspiring you and giving you hope right now i know we've talked about your family um, and your your advocates that are in your corner always building you up but but what personally inspires you to kind of keep going especially in the climate we're in right now i've been through
1: As an entrepreneur, there's peaks and valleys through your entire life. To ever say that I have this life of wins isn't true, but the fact that I have made it through is true. So that's part of what I hold on to is that this is just a moment in time. It is not the entire journey. And so if I'm able to lead that and keep it in perspective, that this is the moment, then I can look forward to the positive on the other side. This has been a challenging time. I think about us though in Utopia, in the framework of what we were building as a company. In the plastics world, the um, trade issues um, through countries, showed and demonstrated why there was a need to be kind of sustainable in our own borders, to be producing products. As we look at um, the carbon issues, we understand that thankfully we're using crops that absorb carbon. Um, The model that we have for our business, creating a sustainable ecosystem so that you're prepared to shift and change. We were positioned to do that. I would not, um, I would not be being honest if I didn't really, you know, just reveal what our logo is. It's God's hands opening and satisfying that I'm a person of faith. I believe in um, in God's promises to us, and I walk in that. I live in that, and that is, I look for the times that He shows me. This has been a year of change. It's been a year of shift. So the biggest question is, will we embrace it? And will we look for what, look at what's in front of us for an opportunity for it to be better for us? And so that's what keeps driving me is what is the opportunity for me to embrace the change, learn the lesson and keep going.
0: Your perspective in the midst of a hard situation is is really refreshing your mental fortitude um, that you're showing here because it's so hard to look at the purpose the opportunities uh, when you're in the middle of crisis. Um, You mentioned peaks and valleys and that's such a great visual representation of Of what we've been given right now. Forced change is hard. I don't think everyone is afraid of change. I think it's forced change that we're all, you know, very, um, it's not our decision. It feels out of control. And um, I appreciate you kind of illustrating that for us, but I'm just so in awe of your perspective that you're able to step back and look at this for opportunities that might be given through a hard time.
1: Oh, I. I, I couldn't i couldn't make it through it i don't think any of us that's where we get um staying in solution mode means i can't dwell in the problem too long i can recognize that it exists but what what will that solve the solutions help us cross over and i um i also believe that the same way i have the option to dwell in the negative part of something, I have the option to look at the positive and what's the win in it. If there's, if it's a tough deal that I, a tough situation I have to deal with, I still say, what is my win? What is the win? And sometimes that win is the lesson. And that's more the next. And um, I'm a big reflective. I, I take a step back and that also you have to know yourself. And that was important to me during this time of COVID. I think we all got a time, vices were removed. I tell people whatever your vice was that you were escaping situations, you didn't have access to those in many ways. So it caused us to sit down and really reflect if we, Hopefully we learned the lesson and we're gonna be able to walk through it. And I think we need to really think about um, how we show love and how we get there together and not have all these stereotypes, biases, because at the end of the day, we all saw what mattered most. And it is that, that community, it's love, it's taking care of each other and not ever forgetting that. Absolutely,
0: that is well said. Thank you so much. Um, I can't say enough what it's been a pleasure. It's been meeting you today and talking with you about some of these things. Um, I am so inspired by the way you embrace roadblocks uh, by your mental fortitude and um, the bright future that you are bringing to our communities and um, the legacy that you're going to be leaving for so many as well. I I just truly appreciate all you're doing. Um, Thank you for being here with us.
1: Thank you very much, Kristen, for having me. Thank you.
0: For those of you listening, you can find out more about Sharina and her company at Utopia Plastics. That's plastics with an X at the end.com. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.